Welcome to Birth Stories in Color, a podcast-creating community for people of color to share and learn from birth stories of all types. I'm your host, Laurel Gurrier. On today's episode, we have Caitlin Kelly, and she's going to be sharing her successful VBAC births. For those who may not be familiar with the term VBAC, it stands for Vaginal Birth After Cesarean. Following the birth of her first child, where she not only felt she wasn't prepared for, but ended up with an emergency C-section, Caitlin ensured that for the next birth, she was well-educated so that she could have a successful unmedicated VBAC, which she did. So with that being said, hello, Caitlin, and welcome to the show. Hi, Laurel. It's good to see you again. Yes. We are so excited to hear your story um, and hear how this all went for you. But why don't we start off with you telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? All right. Uh, Well, I'm currently a stay-at-home mom um, for a couple months now, and I'm loving it. It's the best thing ever to be home with your crazy kids (laughs) 24-7. But I have two girls. Um, Juniper is three and a half, and Luella is 15 months. And then my husband, Brian, um, he's, you know, dad in there. Um, (laughs) We spend a... (laughs) We spend a lot of time, at least me and the girls together while daddy's at work. So, um, but yeah, we're just your typical family, raising some kids and having some fun and living the life. Yeah. You know, well, I know that um, Juniper's pregnancy and birth um, was not exactly what you expected. And it definitely, um, you know helped you plan what uh, Lou's birth would be like. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Juniper's pregnancy um, and a little bit about her birth and how that all went for you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, her, uh, my pregnancy with Junie was normal. Everything was fine. And then up until about 32, 33 weeks, um, I had some preterm labor. Um, so they were able to stop that. I was in the week for or in the hospital for about a week. Um, and then after that, things were fine. Um, she was born at 39 weeks. Okay. Um, so not too far in there and not too early. So she, she stayed in there a good amount of time, enough for her to come out. Um, and her birth, I went in with the idea of wanting a natural birth. Um, that didn't happen. I, I ended up having an emergency C-section, um, which, you know, I mean, I guess I don't, like, I can't really regret it because it's what needed to happen, mm-hmm. but I am still a little bit sad about it because it wasn't what I wanted yeah, yeah. initially to, to happen, yeah. but it happened, and but she's here she was out safely, so really that's all that matters. Yeah. And I know you said you wanted a um, an unmedicated natural birth. What type of preparation had you guys done to to prepare yourselves for that? Not much with Junie. Nope. I just went in, you know, thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to do. It's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, everything will be okay. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously it didn't end that way. But I really wish that I had you know, even done like a childbirth education class or just done my own research to exactly get, you know, to familiarize myself with the birthing process and what exactly happens and what you're going to feel and everything like that. And it, it just, yeah, I, I just didn't do that. Yeah. 
first time? Well, with Lou, you did. Um, yes. So can you tell us a little bit about um, Lou's pregnancy and things you took from or learned from from Junie's for your 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 preparation mm-hmm. for that for your birth? Um, with Lou, her pregnancy was fine, no issues, complications. You know, breezy pregnancy. Um, she went a couple days past her due date. She was born um, at 40 weeks and like three or four days. Um, so my doctor, I know, was talking about induction on, you know, at 41 weeks if she didn't come on her own before then. So I was really glad that we avoided, you know, that kind of intervention um, because I was really focused on having an intervention-free labor. So mm-hmm. I didn't want anything to be done um, to mess with, you know, the natural order of you know, my body and what it wanted to do and when it wanted to do it. So um, I'm really glad that she decided to come on her own. Um, For her birth, I did do more research, um, especially about VBACs, because that's what I wanted to do. Um, And, you know, I had printed out all this information, showed my husband, you know, I want to do this. Look at this. You know, here's the numbers because he's a numbers kind of guy. So yeah. he, you know, <laughs> the well, evidence. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, well, who said this? And, you know, I want to know. So, um, but I, you know, did all that research about VBACs. And in my research, I found out about doulas. Um, and so I enrolled in the doula program at St. Anne's. Um, and um, so you get a doula. You know, whichever one happens to be on call that day, since there's a number of them in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, but you meet them at Meet the Doula Night, um, so you familiarize yourself with who may be coming to help you. Um, but so, you know, I was in the program. I got Jen, who was really awesome. Um, she was really great, really helpful um, with what, you know, with helping me through uh, Lou's uh, labor and birth. Um, so... Like, if I didn't do that research, like, I don't think I would have figured out what a doula was and, you know, how they are helpful and how they can actually reduce, you know, C-section rates and intervention rates and, you know, increase the rate of having a successful natural birth. So I wish I knew that before, but, you know... I I did my job this time, so (laughs) I was pretty prepared this time, so, um, yeah. And I know um, another great thing sometimes about having um, doulas is there are some doulas who have also had experiences like you did, and I know we had talked before that um, Jen actually had a successful VBAC as well. Yes, she did have a a VBAC, so it was really nice to have someone helping me have a a VBAC who already had a VBAC. I think she actually had... I think she said she had two, I think, or maybe one, one or two. But either way, like, she still was in that experience and still knew personally, you know, how that all worked out. So it was right. really nice to have someone who was familiar, you know, to come help me because, you know, I was really determined to do it. So it's really nice to have that support to, For sure. to get that done. For sure. Well, why don't you tell us about Lou's birth? Yes. All right, so um, so this was, you know, around 40 weeks. Um, I had put myself on maternity leave a week before, 
So this is really like exactly a week later because I stopped working on a Friday. The next Friday I had a doctor's appointment and um, I went in in the morning um, just for a routine uh, checkup and he checked my cervix and it was a four. And before that I was having contractions in the early morning hours. Um, I noticed about like around 5 a.m. ish. Uh, They weren't painful, but just enough to wake me up Mm -hmm. and make me a little bit uncomfortable. Um, So, I mean, going in, like, uh, I wasn't really expecting to hear, you know, good news as in, hey, you're going to have a baby soon. Right. Um, But um, so you checked. I was a four. And he said, go home and walk around for a little bit. And then he'll see me at the hospital later. Um, So I went home. Uh, me and Junie took a walk around the neighborhood, and so this is August. It's super, super hot <laughs> and sweating and pregnant and pushing a stroller, and I'm like, okay, we can't go around the block anymore. So we finished our lap, then we went home, and I sat on my birthing ball for a while and bounced around watching TV and then just started walking laps around my house, um, and then... I called my husband and told him, you know, I'm ready to go to the hospital now. And so he came home and uh, we went um, and I when I got checked in at triage and they're like, oh, hey, you're five centimeters nice. now. And so I'm nice. like, awesome. You know, just went from four to five and, you know, not that long because the doctor's appointment was like nine something in the morning. And then we went to the hospital like 2.30. So, mm-hmm. you know, not not too much time had passed between, you know, progress. So um, so I got admitted and just chilling and waiting for my doula to come, notified the nurse that I was in the program. So they went and called the doula. So Jen came. Um, she was very helpful. Um, you know, it wasn't awkward. Like it can be, birth can be kind of awkward, you know, when you have strangers in the room just because, you know, everything is all out in the yeah. open. You're vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you have no clothes on. You're just like, uh. but I mean, it wasn't awkward. I'm, I mean, I've, I've done it before. So I was just like, whatever needs to happen. Hey, whatever. So, but she was great. Um, I remember at one point I was sitting in the rocking chair, just, just sitting in the chair, um, and uh, she looked at the monitor and noticed I was having a contraction. And she's like, and then after it was over, she's like, oh, like, you're you're handling that very well, you know, for where you're at right now. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, awesome, I'll take that. <laughs> um, so, you know, she was just, she just made the atmosphere, you know, calm and, you know, light. You know, there wasn't like, okay, we're going to do this, you know. She was just, you know, following my lead and, you know, what I wanted to do. We tried different positions. Uh, I remember sitting on the ball, but the fetal monitor kept, like, coming off. So the nurses kept having to come back in and readjust it. So I think at that point we were like, okay, no more ball for a while. Let's, you know, do some other positions. So um, I know I walked around the room for a little while, and, and then when things started to get more intense during transition um you know she had me in different positions using the bed and using the ball um I know I know sitting on the 
I mean, now I know sitting on the toilet, just sitting there can really help open up your pelvis and of course, you know, and emptying your bladder as well. So I, you know, had just got done peeing and I'm like, oh, here comes the contraction and I can't get up. (laughs) And like, ah, it was just, it was, it was intense, but like a good intense, like, oh, my body's doing what it needs to be doing. Right. Um, so she was really helpful with helping my husband help me, telling him, you know, to do counter pressure, help, you know, having him help her help me yeah. doing, yeah. you know, specific positions. Um, I didn't do any water therapy then, but I don't think I really knew much about it then. But otherwise, I think I would have hopped in the shower, too. But next time. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but um, so and she brought in some some music, some Enya, <laughs> um, you know, calming. Yeah. Setting the mood. Yeah, setting the mood. She's like, okay, I'll turn, you know, you want to listen to this? I was, I was just like, sure, you know, whatever. And I think it really helped just set the atmosphere in the room. Everything is calm, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, I, I can just do what I want and just not talk and just lay down or do whatever I'm doing. Um, she brought out the peanut ball, so we were doing positions with that in the bed. Um, and, yeah, we just, you know, going, getting, trying to get through transition. Um, I remember the nurse pulled the mirror down. She's like, hey, you want to see? And I'm like, okay, sure, you know, whatever, why not? Um, so I can see they're like, ah, there's her head. Do you see her head? There's her hair. Because she had a head full of hair, so you could just see her hair. And I remember... Just that part, just getting the head to really descend and get down into the cervix. Like, that part seemed like it took hours and Mm -hmm. hours and hours. Like, it felt like it took forever. Um, I mean, it really didn't take that long when I think back. Right, But it just felt like it was like days and days. And I kept asking, I remember, I kept asking the nurse, am I done yet? Am I done yet? (laughs) Like, is this over yet? And I'm like, no. You know, you still got to push this baby out. So it was just very, you know, exhausting as childbirth can be. And so, you know, I'm just like ready for baby to just come out and be here. Um, But um, Jen, she was just very helpful. Um, I remember uh, she had me leaning over the back of the bed in a position to help with to help Lou, you know, descend all the way down um, and that really helped. Um, and then, you know, before I knew it, it was time to push. Um, and, you know, people talk about the ring of mm, fire. Yes. And it really is a ring of fire because that burns like no other. It it was pretty painful, but it, did, it, it didn't last too long. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, enough to get the head you know, down to where it needed to be. Um, but I just remember I was thinking like during this pain, I was like, why am I doing this? Why, why, why can I have the epidural? Because earlier the anesthesiologist came in and offered it. And I'm like, no, we're good. See you later. And he's like, are you sure? Cause I won't be back here for a couple of hours. And I'm like, yeah, we're good. And at that point I'm like, why did I say that? I need the epidural. <laughs> but, but then I'm like, well, it's temporary pain. It's temporary. I'm not suffering 
I'm just in pain and the pain will end once the baby's here. Um, but, and then, you know, eventually she was here at like one thirty-two AM. So labor really didn't last that long. Yeah. Uh, I think overall a little less than 12 hours. So, you know, didn't have to be like an early labor so long and, or in transition for so long. So I'm thankful, you know, some people's births last 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really glad I didn't have to deal with 24 hours. But, um, yes, and she was born and she cried and, you know, lovely hearing that baby cry. Um, And it turned out that I tore, had a fourth degree tear, which is like the worst you could have. Yeah. It, it was like, I mean, I didn't know that I tore until the doctor was like, oh, okay, let's stitch you up. Right. You got a fourth degree tear. And I'm like, oh, goodness. And since I had no epidural, he said, you know, this is going to hurt. Um, and it did hurt. And he was stitching me up for like 10 or 15 minutes, which felt like forever. Um, so, so I remember asking him like, are you done yet? Are you done yet? Yeah. And he's like, almost, almost, you know, um, And then, you know, the best part is for me is that because, you know, he was kind of skeptical as to if I could have a VBAC at first, you know, in the beginning. Um, And so when Lou was born, he was like, oh, you know what, Caitlin, you can tell me I told you so forever, (laughs) you know, because you you, proved me wrong. Right. You know, I proved him wrong and I proved to myself that. You know, I could do what my body was made to do. I could have my baby the way I wanted to and have the birth that I wanted to. So it was really overall a good experience, yeah. you know, and I will do it again next time. So it was it was really great. It was really great. Oh, that's awesome, dear. It's always um, it's always great. Like when you hear someone talk about their story, about what they had, like envisioned and the type of experience they want and to see that. um that happened for them. And I mean, of course, there's so many things that can happen that can shift those plans. That's why we, we always say there's plan A, plan B, plan C. There's so many um, variations that can happen, but it's always nice when you walk out of your birth and you know that it was like your story and your mm-hmm. experience and um, you your voice was in it. So that's awesome to hear yes. that. Um, with that being said, though, you know, knowing that you had a fourth degree tear and knowing that... Um, your first birth was a C-section. What did postpartum look like for you this go-around with Lou? It was a lot easier just in the sense that you don't have to be, you know, super careful and mindful of, you know, your incision because a C-section is a major surgery. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you can't just be up and running around after that. So it was a lot better in that regard because I didn't, have to worry about you know because they say oh don't go up and down the stairs and things like that you can only carry x amount of pounds which means basically just your baby and nothing else um so it was a lot easier to to not be restricted in that way Mm -hmm. but because of the fourth degree tear you know there was that part of the recovery which took a while um just because that's like you know the worst hair you can get. So, just the having those uh, the the ice pack things and the hospital net yep. underpants yep. and 
the dermaplast spray and, uh, you know, all that was real fun, <laughs> real fun to, to do. Um, but like I, when I think about it, like I can't really compare the two just because mm-hmm. they're both so different. So I guess it would have been a lot easier. I could say it probably would have been a lot easier recovery recovery wise with Lou if I didn't tear or just only had like a first or second degree tear. Mm-hmm. But but because it was a fourth one, it it was challenging. But I would say I would prefer that over a C section. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and did you um, did you nurse with the girls? Did you bottle feed? Did you do a mix of both? Because uh, I know you know if you do have a C section, sometimes um, positioning mm-hmm. because you have to be aware of of your scar and everything. Can mm-hmm. how did that work for you guys? Um, with Ginny, I breastfed her. Um, I'm pretty sure I you know utilized pillows to help prop her up because you know it's kind of hard to get into like the right positions. Um, so definitely use pillows to help get into those positions to nurse her. Um, and you know, I breastfed Lou. I mean, that was easy starting out this time just because I didn't have to kind of fumble around with stuffing pillows in places because I couldn't turn this way or turn that way or do something else. So like it was easier to, to, to start off with breastfeeding, I guess, just because you don't have that difficulty of trying to maneuver your body so you're not in pain or mm-hmm. you don't interrupt the healing of of the, the scar. So they were, you know, both Junie was a little bit harder and Lou was just a little bit easier just in regards to Got it. the tear and the incision. Right. And I mean... You know, we've we've both said this. Every experience is different, no matter how many children mm-hmm. you've had. Um, everything looks different. It's yes. just great to be able to learn mm-hmm. from those experiences. Yep. Um, and I know we've talked about, like, you did have good support, which is always important yes. in postpartum. Like, you could yes. lean on your mom and your husband and, mm-hmm. and had a village that you could rely on. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else that you want to share with listeners that you think is important for preparation in regards to pregnancy, birth, postpartum, parenthood in general? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say definitely learning about what your body is going to go through because your body goes through like a physical and mental change. Like Mm -hmm. everything after you have a baby is different. It's the way you think, like it's, it's all just different. So really learning the labor process and what your body's going to be doing and techniques on how you can cope with that pain, especially if you want a natural birth. That's really important because I didn't do that the first time. And I think that's kind of what screwed me over in just thinking like, oh, I'll have this perfect natural birth, but it didn't happen that way. And so you still end up a little, you know, sad if it doesn't go that way. But I mean, definitely having that knowledge and going to a childbirth education class. um, If you want to breastfeed, you know, learning the, you know, how to do that, talking to people who have done that or a lactation counselor um, and really getting all the information about breastfeeding because I know some people have reservations about that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
or they may not have the support that they need. And so they think that, you know, maybe they couldn't do it, but like you, you definitely can. It's hard work. Like it, breastfeeding is, is work. Like you're putting your body through work. Like you have to do the work to get the result. And so just going in, having that knowledge of how to kind of get off on the right foot will definitely help you have a better breastfeeding relationship if, you know, if you do decide to do that and being able to give the people around you that information, mm. because I know a lot of people, you know, support people don't have that information. So if they hear it coming from you because you've read it somewhere and, you know, you know this to be true, then they're more likely to understand if you're going through difficulties and understand how to help you. So really just spreading that knowledge so you have it and all the people who will be supporting you have that that would be really good. Um, also joining breastfeeding groups on mm-hmm. Facebook because that really helped me as well um, to be able to ask questions of other moms who have, you know, breastfed, you know, five kids or whether, you know, or two or if, if it's their first. There's always tips and tricks other moms have that can really help out a new mom and to make her feel confident and successful with breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, so definitely that. And, um, yeah, just knowing that everything may not go the way you <laughs> planned, especially yes. after you have kids, cause kids change your whole life and everything you're doing. Sure. So, uh, I mean, being a mom, it's, it's exhausting some <laughs> days and some days, you know, like I'm glad to have other mom friends because then. You know, to really so like really have those to have those connections with other people who know your struggles and what you're going through because they're going to be the ones to to help you, especially if you're you know suffering from postpartum depression or anything like that. Like those will be your people that you can go to and talk to, and they will help you. Um, so just really from the beginning, strong support system because yeah. from that, I think you know you have a really good chance of being successful. And, you know, other areas of parenting and, you know, caring for a newborn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. Um, I know that I'm that it's empowering to hear Mm -hmm. that um, you were able to plan and prep and and have an experience that had your voice and your vision in it. Um, But if you found that you connected to any parts of today's show or are interested in more stories, please subscribe and let us know what you think. You can also find any of the parts that you missed or resources discussed during the show over at lgdoula.com on the podcast section, and you can find the show notes there. If you find that you yourself want to share your story, you can head over to lgdoula.com and complete a story submission. Thanks again for listening and joining our community today. Thanks for listening to Birth Stories in Color. To hear this show and other episodes, go to lgdoula.com.